farewells to our dear friend Amanda um, Humphreys yesterday. Uh, maybe over a thousand people showed up for her memorial service. The entire First Baptist Church was full, the sanctuary, and their family life center. It was just swamped with people. She was a well-beloved daughter of God, and she loved people. She wanted people to know Jesus, and she did it by loving them in the most simplest way. And that's, that's all we have to do, just love people with the simplicity of God's love. We don't have to do extravagant things. Just love them and give them the truth, the gospel. All week long, I've been going back and forth with homosexuals on Facebook. I don't know if you've seen any of that. But, uh, and they've been slamming me. And I'm okay with that, to be persecuted that way. But I want them to know the truth. A man or a woman are not born gay, just like a man is not born a murderer, not born a thief, not born a child molester. Those are learned behaviors from the world. And so what we have to focus is, and what I keep trying to let them know, is that we're not here to capitalize on your sin or your lifestyle. We're here to let you know that all sinners need to be saved. All sin will keep you separated from God. Whether it's looking at a woman with lust or stealing, you know, during income taxes when you cheat. Sin is still sin. And because we were born with a sin nature, God said we had to be born again. God himself said that. God is Jesus. He said that himself. You must be born again. In other words, you are not good enough to go in the presence of God anymore. Adam and Eve once were, and they lost that by sinning. Tonight, we're going to go into a new book. And even though I had advertised the book of Genesis, I was really hard-pressed, struggling between the book of Philippians and the book of Genesis. We're going to go to Genesis. We're, we're going to go to Genesis. Because God wants you to see something so unique about him and his son Jesus. And that's what we're going to look at. We're going to go to the very first book of the Bible. And we're going to look at the Father's hand up close and personal. That's what the Holy Spirit is going to do with you all. And if you will allow God's Spirit to show you, you're going to see the absolute wonders of God like you've never seen it before. And as we transition through this book, we're going to see also the event that changed the entire world. The, the history of mankind was altered. Not forever. It could have been. But God intervened right away and stopped it. And uh, I was looking out my window and I was sitting on my couch as I was doing this and I'm thinking to God, Lord, and even in my vehicle driving, what would it have been like had Adam and Eve obeyed God what would life be like today? 
And one of the things that the Spirit showed me is that you wouldn't be driving this car because there would be no need for cars. You wouldn't be living in the house that you're living in because there would be no need for it as such. And you certainly wouldn't have to worry about going to a doctor because there would be no illness. And it began to show me the glorious presence of God. And he said, Samuel, you wouldn't have to seek for God. God will come to you. And I'm going, wow. And I look back at Adam and Eve, and part of me got angry at them, at, at our first parents. I got angry, and I was literally brought to tears the other day when the Spirit was showing me this, Mr. Bill. I'm sitting there with tears in my eyes, and I'm hurting because I'm going, you two had no idea what you were bringing upon your children and upon the world. You had no idea the agony that you caused God. Because when we get to chapter 6, you're going to see, uh, see our Creator hurting so deeply, so deeply that it moved Him to say that I'm sorry that I had ever made man upon the face of the earth. Now, when God says that, that's a deep hurt. Some of us have had children that have deeply, deeply hurt us. And some of us are still feeling those, those pains of that hurt from our children. But imagine God, the entire human race now would be tainted with a spirit of disobedience that would not leave it until God had to do something drastically. And that was become one of us and come down in a place that was so filthy that he never should have entered our atmosphere. Sin polluted the entire creation. It did. But yet the father disregarding that in the sense that he stepped down in his holiness and the person of his son, Jesus. And he wants that relationship that was long lost in the garden. And we're going to look at that in this chapter. And that's why Jesus Christ came up close and personal so that men, women, and boys and girls can see the love that God has for them and that he stretched out himself and he loved people who didn't love him. The very people that he was loving was cursing him out, saying, crucify him, crucify him. And after they had hurt him during the night, that wasn't enough for them. But yet, they continued to thrive on their hatred. They continued to feed on their hatred, but not realizing the more they was hating God, the more God was demonstrating his love towards us by hanging on a tree called the cross. But we must go back and see the Father's heart 
in day one. You must understand how much God loves you and how much he loves me even before he created us. You must see this in this book. We're not going to rush. We're going to take our time and allow the Holy Spirit of God, the same one that we're going to see today in a few minutes, hovering over the earth, teach us what we need to know about God, our Creator, who's also our Father, and He's our Lord forever. And His Son, He and His Father are one. And you're going to see both of them in the person of the Spirit of God in creation. And God wants nothing less than for us to love Him. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Father, thank you so much for the beauty of your son, Jesus. Creation, Lord, is just nothing but pure love. When you and Lord Jesus and Holy Spirit decided to create us, you were deciding to make a people that was after your own heart. People that would willingly love you, not ones that would be like robots, that they would have no choice but to love you because that's the way you designed us. Now you wanted people to, to have a desire to love you with everything they got. And that's what you did. And Lord, you prepared a place for us that was so dynamic, so beautiful and so wonderful with your glory that your presence remained there with your created order. And you love your children by being with us daily through our earthly parents, Adam and Eve. And you demonstrated that love when we yet demonstrated our hatred for you through the eyes of our parents by disobeying you. Lord, you continue your love by promising that you would send a deliverer. And now, Father, as we look through the eyes of Jesus, looking back by your spirit, to see where it all began. Lord, thank you that we, your children, can stand and declare, and we do testify, there is but one Lord who's God of all creation, and you have a Son, the Savior of the world, your only begotten Son, Jesus Christ. Forgive us for our sins by him, Lord, today. Even though many of us have come to you, and yet we've done things that were not pleasing to you, Father. Forgive us. And now, Holy Spirit, we ask that you reach out to your people, Israel. Watch over them. Cover them with your presence. And allow your peace, O God, in Jesus' name, to dwell in your holy city, Jerusalem. And then, Father, across these United States, people are rallying and they're crying out that there is no God. That's because the evil one have their minds blind. Lord, will you be continue faithful as you are? As Moses said, you have been faithful throughout all generations. Will you allow your mercy and grace to abound upon them? And will you give them favor by bringing them into the saving grace of your son, Jesus? And now, Lord, for those of us that weaken our bodies from sickness, will you bring healing and strength? And for those who've lost loved ones, will you continue to comfort by your spirit? 
Now, Lord, we are your church, Jesus, and we want to hear what your spirit has to say to us by your word. You are the living word of God. Thank you now, Lord, that you have graciously blessed us to be at your table to feast on your word. Blessed be your name, now and forevermore. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. Amen. I'm going to show it to you, doll. All right, just, just click on it and bring it up. <coughs> X out of that, whatever that is. I don't know what that is. Uh, there you go. I want to <clears throat> share with you about in the beginning. In the Greek, it's the in our key. Verse 1, I don't know if Moses actually wrote this verse, more than likely, but verse 1 got to be separated from the rest of the Bible. Not, not in the sense that it stands alone as a separate Bible. It stands alone by itself to tell you and I there is but one God. And he is the creator God. Not intelligent design. God. Okay? God. And actually, the Canaanite word that's used there is Elohim. Means more than one. Why Moses used that? I believe God had a message for us. That let us know that God is also the Father, and that God is also the Son, and that God is also the Holy Spirit. All three are in one working in creation. So, for you very highly intelligent people like Earl, this is called a thesis statement. This is God's thesis statement to the world. A thesis? Yeah. God did what? In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Now, some people like to play games. Um, sweetheart, why don't you let, you're going to sit back there? Okay. Now, in the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth. Some translation says heavens. And, and I've seen people got nasty with other people. No, you got a wrong Bible if you're saying heavens. Listen, if you're saying heaven, it's cool with me. That's a conglomeration of what's up there. And if you're saying heavens, that's cool with me too because it tells us that there are three parts of heaven. Okay? The third heaven. Heaven. The place we're going to live with God forever. The second heaven. Okay. First heaven. The atmosphere area. Okay. Outstanding. No, third. That's the third heaven. That's the third heaven. Okay. First one is where the birds and all fly. That's the clouds. Right. Right. And then 
The second one is the planetariums. That's what we call space. Yeah. All right? And then, of course, the third one is God's throne. Well, like, I'm going to have to be teacher and operator today, unless one of y'all, Michael, you want to handle it? Okay. So in the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth. Now, what you're going to see in verse 2 is that you're going to see a planet already in existence. God does not tell you and I when he created this. You get some folks say on day one, unless Moses kept it out of the writing, I'm sorry, I must be blind, I must be ignorant, I missed it. Okay? And the earth was without form and void, and, the, and darkness was upon the face of the deep. Don't highlight it, Michael. All right. What I want to do now is do something. Michael, I do want you to minimize it for a second. Hit this right here. Now, I, I just want to teach from this. This is where everybody's going to have to follow me. This is the Septuagint that was written long before Jesus was born. It, it was written because when Alexander the Great had conquered Israel, he wanted to change the entire Hebrew culture and uproot their language, whether it's written or spoken, and the way they live, and make it all Greek, which is called Hellenistic. And so 70 elders got together in order to preserve the scriptures they translated it from Hebrew to Greek. And this is where we actually get our formal English translation of the Old Testament from. It went from here to Latin to English. And the Latin was done by Jerome and it was known as the Latin Vulgate. That's neither here nor there for you, just a thought. Now, what I want to point out to you is some stuff here. Verse 1 is translated the same as it is in English. In our key, Ethelsen's Hothios Tan Uranion Kai Thang Gang, meaning in the beginning, God made. They don't use the word create, but made. God did something. God made something. Well, what did he make? Heaven, Uranus. Okay? And gang, earth. God made heaven and the Earth, okay? So that's pretty simple. However, what I wanted you to see and focus on is the next couple of verses because our English translation as we know them today doesn't really point out some specifics here that you need to know. And therefore, as we point these differences out, I believe you're going to have a greater pleasure of understanding, wow, what was really going on out there, okay? Uh, on here, because we, we're actually on it, right? This place we call Earth. What was going on? Digging the million is good to see you and Sister Vicky. All right. Now, uh, Mike, if you go up here, I want to point out some things because I want them to see the second verse. Go to the second word in that. The second word. No, 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 no. You're not. Go back. Go back. Word number two. See that little funny writing? Go to the second one. Second means two. The second one over, you're going over too far. 
<laughs> go back to verse two. Can you see verse two? I see verse two right here. All right, go the, the go to the right of it. Okay, that's the first. That's the second. That's the Greek word. That's a conjunction. But but in the word the letter A, there is uh, a definite article T H E. But it's telling us something there. There's there's going to be something different here. But the but the what? He said, but the earth, the gay, which is the third word, is earth. And just bear with me here. Uh, Mike, I need you to follow me with the cursor, buddy. And don't try not to highlight them. Okay. Just let the cursor land on them and it'll pick it up in the in the translation oh, box well, at the bottom. Okay, now I see Okay. Third word. Well, you're actually on the fifth word, but okay. <laughs> this one also is hen. Hen here is a is a to be verb, like I am, or he is, or she was. This one is he was, or you can actually translate it, it was. And so, say, so, but the earth, it was. Okay? So, it was translated in the past tense that it was, go to the next one, invisible. So now you imagine in your English translation, it doesn't tell you and I that the earth was invisible, unseen. It told us that it was what? Void. Okay. That's coming. You're so good. And so when you think, if you are in the natural sense, standing out and you're looking at this spear, right? And you're supposed to be looking at it, but you're not seeing it. Why? It's because it's invisible. But it is there. Like the wind. Huh? Like the wind. Yeah, I like that. So it's there. And so these writers are bringing it out in a different fashion than what you're accustomed to reading. Why is that, though? What follows next is why you need to pay attention to the spirit of the living God because he's always trying to teach us on a level that requires us to listen and not be little children anymore in our understanding. He wants to grow you up in the things of God. Okay? Because when you understand this, you'll understand more why what's happening on the earth today in your life. Okay, so and Chi K I or Kappa Alpha uh, Iota, which means also or and, uh, and then the next word there. That's one of the long Greek words. Even I found the word trying to pronounce. Okay, um, it is Akata Skeusata. That is very long. And what is really saying to you and I that it has no shape or form to it. It's invisible and it has no shape or form to it. But yet there's something there is what the writer said. There is something there in the spirit. We know it's there because the spirit told us that it's there. But looking at it in the natural sense, it's not going to make any sense to you at all. People, welcome to God. What God, when God does things, the rawness of it makes no sense at all. You go, what did God just do? 
But he's saying, hold on. I'm going to give you the meaning in a little bit. Okay? Is this okay with everybody? Yeah. Then that makes all things <laughs> Yeah. All right. And then it says, Skatos. I want to read to you in the bottom here. Uh, go over one more, Mike. Thank you. Darkness, sin, evil. Now, this beautiful earth, it was invisible and uninformed because it's covered in darkness, evil, sin. Ain't no light in it. Before, man, you are too good. Look at that boy go. Get him once for me. Then that would be darkness. He's telling you and I that God made this earth so beautiful and so perfect, but yet something cataclysmic had happened. Because when God does something, his glory is all over it. And the glory is being covered by darkness. Well, go on. Hmm. You ever seen a beautiful baby? Every child coming from the womb is beautiful. Inside the womb, as David talks about in Psalms 139, that baby is so gorgeously and wonderfully what? Made. Is that not what he said? But then why is it so ugly when it's born? About six months old, you go to do something with it and you say, yeah! Or you don't give it what it wants. You go, what happened to my pretty little baby? I can get no sleep tonight. Ah! And then all I want you to do is just walk it or put it right there and it go. Because <laughs> that's where we are. If we don't have it our way, then we get what? Ugly and we cry like babies. <laughs> but before in the womb, the mama didn't hear that baby crying. And the baby went kicking the mama and said, give me some more. Oh! <laughs> he said, "Hit you again." <laughs> now, but this word here tells you and I that it's something that's going on over this earth. I don't need to go into Greek grammar with you here. I don't want to do that. It will confuse you more than anything. But <laughs> I won't, I promise you. People, there was something else going on on this earth. And our God knew it because he had stepped down from his throne. Do you see this? No, you don't see it yet because we haven't gotten there yet. Okay. There is no Big Bang Theory going on that's producing life here. There's no one cell amoeba that's getting ready to advance into the stage in which they call humans. All right? There's something spiritually disastrous that's taking place on this earth. No, brother. It's worse than spiritual warfare because you're not engaged in it. You don't even exist yet.
But there is a bussel upon the earth. Translated, the abyss, the deep water. All over this, this spear. And the water is covered in darkness. Abuso, let's click on it, Michael, and tell the world what it means. This one? Next one over. This is where we get our English word abyss. Abyss. Read it out loud, Michael. What does it mean? What is the definition of abyss? The home of demons and evil spirits. The home of what? Do it again. I interrupted you. I want y'all to hear this. The home of demons and evil spirits, the world of the dead. Did you read that in your English translation of the Bible in Genesis 1-2? And I often said, why didn't the translators let us know about this? It just gave us. I'm here to tell you God will reveal the truth of his word to everyone who loves him. So I have a question. So what if this is translation it's saying that this is what the world is, you're saying? This is what the world is right now, Michael. The uninhabited earth still has evil all over it. So that's what that's what kind of got me because like so all right, so even though it would be dark, it's still transparent, so it's still light, right? So let's wait and see. Satan and the Satan thing about it, like you said about the water is it, it's dark, so you know, you gotta be living it up. No? Let's just wait. See? So you got the skatas, the two nouns there, skatas and abuso. Darkness and the abyss. They go together. So why is this important to understand these two words? Darkness and the abyss. Translated typically as the deep. Why is it important to understand it? Because he just took you into a spear that you never knew about. He just took you in the heart of hell in the beginning, and you didn't know it. You read over and over, but you didn't really understand what you were really reading. I believe in Romans. Uh, bring the other box back up, Michael. Uh, you got to click on right there. No, no, no. Go back. Yes, click on that, and click on the one to the right. Just, just bring it back up again. Uh, I want you to go to the King James column. Um, go there and click on Romans and let's take a look Romans down 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 baby boy down 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 to right here and then I want you to click on sometime I get these two scriptures backwards in my mind but we'll find it try chapter 7 see if you can find chapter 7 let's see here Uh, see if you can hit here, Michael. No, no, hit on the arrow. No, you messed me up. Oh, right there. 
No, you changed the entire book when you did that. Go back to Romans. Uh, right here. Chapter 7. And hit the air. <laughs> Slow down now. Slow down. Hit it again. Okay, come on. Okay, hold on. All right, change that to chapter 10 then. I'm looking for a specific passage. Oh, here it is. It's Romans 10, 7. Who will descend into the abyss? That is the word of faith. Excuse me. Uh, the abyss. That is to bring Christ up from the dead. So the abyss, as we seen earlier, is the place of the dead. It's another name for the spirit of the dead. I want you to click on uh, Michael Abyss. Go down to Abyss in verse 7. Okay. I want you to click on it. And then I want you to right, right, right click on your and come down. Okay, I don't want you to highlight it. Go back out. Click out. Just let the cursor on it, on, on Abyss. Go over a little bit more. Just a minute. Just, just now. Put the now right. Hold up. You're still highlighting it. That's all right. Go back to it one more time. Right on. on click so the curse is on it. Now right click your mouse. Come down here. Click on it. Okay. It didn't bring it up. Okay. This is what we're gonna have to do. Click out of that. Folks, bear with us just a minute. Go to NJK. And I want you to go up and find GNT. Go up, 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 up. Scroll up. Okay, slow down, slow down. GNT right here. This one? One more. Good job. Click on it. All right, now I want you to come back. You need to go somehow. You change them. We go to Romans ten. Oh yeah, one seven. And right here, a busan. That's it. Okay. Now right click again. Now go to the default lexicon. This one. Yep. Click on it. Okay. All right, everybody, look up here. Sometimes it takes when I have a new operator to kind of yeah, learn how to maneuver through the system with me. All right, not trying to be too academic or anything. I want to teach you something very important here. All right, the same word that we read in Genesis 1-2 from the Septuagint, this is in the Greek New Testament. In Romans chapter 10, verse 7, the same word now. Here's the meaning. Literally what? Bottomless pit. Transliterated into English as abyss. Now it's going to give you the definition. As the place where dead people go. Go depths. Underworld. As a, a place for shutting away the devil and evil spirits. Abyss. Bottomless pit. Very deep and large hole. So come out of that. 
Now, what's going on? I am. I'm going to try my best to break it okay. down for you. Yeah. yeah, go back to where we were. Yeah. Mm -mm. Not yet. Um, go to uh, NKJ right there. Is that it? Yeah. And then go back to Genesis 1. Yes, sir. All the way to the top. Just click on Genesis and you'll be there. Don't have to do anything. Okay, everybody. Where's the word of this in Genesis 1? It's in Genesis 1-2 over in the Septuagint. Minimize this one and go back to the Septuagint. Okay. It's in verse 2 there. And it's this one oh, over. Okay. It's in that. I need something to point with. That'll help you. Don't get frustrated with me, folks. Just kind of bear with me a minute. This is the word abyss right here. Okay. All right. What the writers of the Septuagint just told you and I that what was upon the earth at that time was wickedness, evil spirits. The next verse is going to explain a whole lot of things to us. And please don't shut your minds to what you're hearing. Just listen and see where the Holy Spirit leads you with this. Please, because it's going to teach you some stuff. All right. Then it comes back and tell you and I, yes, and that was water. Udatas is water. So, However, in verse 2, right here, when it talks about the abyss, it says, and the, and the Spirit of God hovered above the waters. Now, um, Michael, put this back. Go, go back to the other one. We'll teach from there now. I won't confuse them anymore. I'm going to make some points here. People, when God went, came back to this earth. He saw that darkness had covered his precious earth. A darkness that wasn't supposed to be here. Where did it come from? You didn't exist yet. It came from heaven. Do expound more. The fallen angels. The fallen angels. See. They had taken a boat upon the earth. Can I ask one thing? Yes. Well, since God made everything, but you know, I know he said, even though he made the devil and everything, but don't the devil got a spirit? He is spirit. Alright, so um but he was creating everything, so how come well, why you allow? Why you, why you even had to make a devil? Why you even had to allow sin? So basically, like he just give us some. So basically, like he had to make a heaven and hell, therefore, and get our own mind will, therefore we can decide where we want to go. But shouldn't it be like that? Do you realize you just answered your own question? Yeah, I know I'm saying though, but see, that's what that's what everybody say though. But like, it just why didn't he even do it in the first place? I know I sound just answer my second question, but like, why didn't he make it? Why didn't he even make him? <laughs> He was a good angel that turned rogue. Oh, Satan was an angel. 
Yeah, I know that. He was a wonderful angel at one point in time. And as you read in Isaiah chapter 14 and Ezekiel chapter 28, he explains to you he's Lucifer in Isaiah 14. He's Lucifer in Ezekiel 28. He's the king of Tyre. And they symbolize that he was a wonderful, beautiful angel of God that walked upon the mountain of God. He, at one point, he loved God and obeyed God. But God allowed them. Isaiah what? Chapter 14 and Ezekiel chapter 28. This creature, this, this cherubim, who God made more beautiful than all the others and, and put music in him. And he was really wise, smarter than all the other angels. And yet, but he was created to serve God, to please God. God, that go to show you and I that even angels have free will. Because he chose to no longer serve God. He wanted to be like God. He wanted to be God's equal. I, here's a passage over in the book of Job. And I think it's in chapter 40. Where God asked Job, he says, where is my equal that I may repay him? He said, everything under heaven is mine. I mean, there is no other creator. There is no other God except God and God alone. And so when Satan had fixed his heart to be like God or even be above God and he wanted worship like God, he just said to God that you ain't by yourself. I'm a God too. And how are you going to say that to your creator? Yeah. How are you going to be more powerful or equal to the one that created you in the first place? But that's the mindsets of a lot of humans today. We say to God in the way we live, your law doesn't matter. My way of living matters. And we tell God that all the time when we sin. And it's really sad. Um, people need to know that God loves us. But there's an adversary that has been God's adversary for who knows how many years before God restored the earth back into the fashion in which he had created it. Who knows how long that had taken place. And there's one thing that scientists may have gotten right. When they say the earth could be thousands and thousands, maybe a million years old, because it doesn't tell us when God created it. However, man has not been here, not even for 20,000 years. We know that for a fact, based upon the biblical timelines. So are you saying that, that evil existed in this abyss at the time of creation? Yeah, they were, they were the fallen angels. And God doesn't tell you and I when he created this. Okay? Let's yeah. talk about the, the, the beginning, just the beginning of creation. It is, the, it is not the beginning of all creation. all creation. It is the beginning of the earth and its inhabitants mm -hmm. and the stars and the sun and the moons and all of that. Because he had already created all the angels. And yeah, it doesn't tell us when he created those. So heaven was here first and then the earth. Yeah. Was 
I mean, for God, no. Because if he can speak the universe into existence, and, and another way you can look at it is in Psalms 33, verse 6, where David says, And when God spoke, the host of heaven came out of his mouth. Psalms 33. Right, verse 6. And so uh, this is powerful. And if you look at the end chapter of, of Isaiah 40, when he talks about the stars of heaven, how God knows each one of them by name. Would this help... Um I think when we want to think that way, we're, we're, we're in dangerous water. We begin to charter dangerous waters. I, I think we need to stay fixated on what God has revealed to us. And, and that you need to see the answer in that in Deuteronomy 29, 29. Uh, Sister friend, can you turn there? Deuteronomy is the fifth book of the Bible. Chapter 29, the last verse of that Bible. It tells us these very powerful words that she's about to read to us. 29, 29. And what is he, what is she about to tell you and I? You need to tell you and I that there are things, what, did you get there yet, sis? Deuteronomy 29, 29, the fifth book of the Bible. You have Genesis, Exodus, it. Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy. I got it. Chapter 29, verse 29. I know you have it, sis. You're so awesome. <laughs> it gets right to it, doesn't it? Yeah. But I want you all to see this. Because we grapple with things all the time that we want to ask God to tell us information. And, and, and Moses is going to tell the children of Israel, God's not going to give you all the information you're asking for. God is not going to tell you. He's not going to show you everything. Why? Because in verse 29, um, you want to read it? Yeah. Uh, is she going to go? Are you going? You going to read? Secret things belong to the Lord our God. The secret things belong to the Lord our God. That means there's things that God just not going to tell humans. Right. Okay. Right. But the things revealed belong to us and to our sons forever. You got that? <clears throat> the things that God wants you to know, you're going to know it. If he don't want you to know it, he's not going to tell. We see that in evidence of, of the angels coming to Daniel. We see that in Revelation. Some things God showed uh, John and, and Jesus showed John in heaven. He said, don't write them. Sum up the book. Close up the book. Same thing he told Daniel when Daniel was writing. He said, close, stop. Don't write anymore. And Daniel wanted more information, but the angel said, no, I'm not going to tell you. And maybe the reason why is that he doesn't tell us. This, God's prerogative, that's the reason it is. It might be for our benefit. We can speculate all day long, Michael. It may be for your benefit or your detriment. God's saying, tell him. Okay? God said, I'm not telling. <laughs> But we do know something is happening here. And, in, and what we're going to see in verse 3, first of all, God steps down from heaven in verse 2. 
because this earth is already hanging out here in this place called space. The Father has already created it. He knows exactly what he's going to do with it. Okay? But something was going on on this place, and Father stepped down, him and Lord Jesus and the Holy Spirit, stepped down, and now they're doing what? They're hovering over it. And God came to do business. And whatever this was, it wasn't pleasing to the heart of God. Whatever it was. Because the next actions is what you need to get clarity and understanding on. Okay? And God said, let there be light. Folks, in English, we don't get the full picture. If I go back to the Septuagint and show you this, you will see, and it said, and God commanded the light. Okay? Not commanded the light to appear, but God commanded something to happen to the darkness. And when you study this language very closely, you find out that it said, and God cast judgment against the darkness. In other words, get your butt out of here. You ain't supposed to be here. When God told them, when he said, let there be light, he was saying to the darkness, you are not supposed to be here. Get out of here. Get out of here. So light, so light is not like light. So basically like, so oh, it is light. Oh, so, so it's not the sun. So what about walking in the light then? Now y'all keep in mind, the sun and the moon and the stars have not been created. This is day one. Day one. I want you to see God and Lord Jesus and the Holy Spirit at work here. Jesus is light. Oh, you're too good, aren't you? Actually, Jesus. <laughs> well, John chapter 1, it tells us that he's what? He's light. He's light. And James in chapter 1 says, all good and perfect gifts come down from the Father of light. light. James chapter 1. Yeah. So here. And so here we have it. The Father who's pure light himself, because James says God cannot cast a shadow. He said there's no shadow of turning with God. In other words, God can't cast a shadow. He's pure light. Light can't have a shadow. Okay? You're an engineer. You understand that more than most of us. Okay? And so, what happened, though? And the Spirit of God moved upon the face of the water. God came in for a closer look. He knew what was going on. And then God said, it's time to change. I'm changing it all. He's changing it. Let there be light. And what happened? There was light. And there was light. And God saw People, he was pleased. Where did the light come from? That means this earth, the glory of God, was covered. And when Father said, Get off of my glory, Lord, if I'm misrepresenting you, let me know. 
But God want his glory upon this planet. This baby belonged to his to him and he was going to do with it as he pleased and he did not want it contaminated he wanted to show forth who he is and when he said let there be light he was saying let a part of me be all over it I just love this. I love this. and that's what he did that's what he did And so God said, the moment God said, you can see John 1, 1 coming to life right in your mind's eye. In the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God. So the word was God. When God spoke, it is God being the word began to what? Work. Yeah. But it also told you in God the word became flesh. He became a man. And we know his name is Jesus. So Jesus just said, let there be light. God in here, buddy. Mean let there be a part of me. Everything. And when God does something, he doesn't half heartedly does it. It is done exceptionally well. Here's a thing, a phrase, and I taught you to this a few years back. I hope you remember it. A term called par excellence. Par, P-A-R, and then the word excellence. Par means above. God is par excellence. Okay? Above excellence. And remember the psalmist said, in Psalms 8, O Lord, our Lord, how excellent is your name in all the earth. Why? Because God put it there from the beginning. He had his mark on it. I may go from teaching to preaching in a minute. <laughs> There's some good stuff. Classrooms like this need to be spread all over the earth. And people saying, hallelujah, glory to God and to the Lamb for creating this world. Just for us. No, for him. And so, let there be light. And there was light. And now, folks, you see this beautiful spear covered in a beautiful ocean of water. And God put it there for a reason. God put it there for a reason. In some ways, water represents the voice of God. In some ways, it represents humans. But we're going to see God do something here. Are you ready? And God saw the light that it was what? Good. And he divided the light from the? Darkness. He separated them because the two could never go together. Now there's a difference between the night that God created here than the darkness that was upon the earth. One 
meant that he, in the absence of light, but yet full of life, night, God said, you can be here. But darkness, you're out of here. Skatos, you're out of here. Evil and wickedness and sin, you are out of here. Are you getting this? Yes. Look, look a little closer. Now who's present? And the Spirit of God. The same one that Paul says in Romans 8. The Spirit of God, the Spirit of Christ, all are one. Jesus is working, boys and girls, on the earth. He's fashioning it into what he wants it to be. Jesus, the same one who would later come down and stand on the shores of Galilee, is the same one that stood back from a distance and hovered over this planet. And yet people want to deny him. They have no idea who they are denying or messing with. They are ready to go on. So the darkness he called night and the evening and the morning were the first day, but he called the light day. Now, it's interesting how God said the beginning of the day begins where? When, when is the new day to God? When does it start? In the evenings. From evening to evening are the days with God. Man have always got to mess things up. Man mess things up. You wonder why there's so much confusion on the earth. All right. Verse 5. And God called the light day. We got that. He called the darkness night. He got that. It's been changed so that we can grab a hold of it. And God says, let there be a firmament in the mist. Now, what is that? I'm sorry. Here, when you read the complete Jewish Bible, it tells you, and God placed a dome. A dome between what was up there and down here. God took and he scratched them. And dome makes sense because the earth is what? Round. Round. So God took and placed a dome. And I like the way the complete Jewish Bible says, and God took and he separated the waters by putting a dome between, which he called the sky, and put and allowed water to be on top of the dome. In other words, we call the canopy. Scientists believe there was a canopy of water at one time above the earth. And God used it during the flood to help fill the earth with water. And uh, folks, when you allow God to open your mind's eye to see this, it just blows you away. Because you have to know that God is God. You have to know that God is real. You have to know that God is greater than yourself. God is greater than science. God is even greater than history. Because without God, there is no history. 
And newsflash to some of you younger people, God is greater than the future. There is no future without God. And so, it, he said, let there be a firmament. I'm in the King James Version. Uh, uh, new American Standard says, then God said, let there be an expanse. Expanse means a big old space. Okay? The great blue yonder. Oh, y'all call it the sky. Yes, sir. Is that atmosphere? Yeah. And then it was man that decided he wanted to tear the atmosphere which we call stratifications when you tear things. Okay? Now, looking at this forward, what do you think is happening now? Where is darkness? Where is Satan at? In the firmament. Inside of us? <laughs> You're still not made. <laughs> You're still not made. You still haven't been created. There are no humans yet. I say to you, number one, I'm going to get smart with you. I don't care where he is. But the other part is, he was nowhere near this creation. Oh, this doctor's already cast out. He's nowhere near this creation. God is at work. And he's not about to allow this evil spirit to touch what he's doing right now. Go ahead, Dick, speak up. <laughs> if your creator tell you to pack your bags, what are you going to do? He's somewhere, but he ain't here. He's not a person. Say again? Space is darkness. Yeah, because of the absence of light. Yeah. Okay. So God taken and he put this expanse. He separated, you know, and put it between the waters. So God made the expanse and separated the waters under the expanse or the sky from the water above, and then it was so. God called the expanse sky, and there was evening and there was morning, the second day. So now we see things begin to shape. Okay, all that water that was all over the earth, God did something with it. He took it and he separated and he pushed it apart. Okay, and he put a spear between it. Now the earth is still covered in water. Hello, the earth is still covered in water, but in there's water above. Miles above the earth, there's what? Water. Okay, was God finished? Was God satisfied? Oh, he was feeling pretty good around about now. How do we know that? Let's just take a look in the scriptures. So where are we, Brother Amelia? Verse 6. So there's a separation. The sky is now formed. Verse 7. He then separated. Continue. Verse 8. He called them sky. And it was the morning, the second day, and all that. And then verse 9, and God said, Let the waters under the sky be gathered to one place, and let dry ground appear. And it was so. Now, I could only imagine, if you're standing back and you are watching this take place, 
and you've been privileged to see this earth, the whole spirit covered in water, and you see this balloon effect take place. There's like a balloon over the earth, and there's water on top also. And then you see the water on the bottom begin to move. And it goes to a perspective places. And you're going, how's that water clustering in little groups here and there? And then he left little screams here and there. Okay, which we call what? And there are four of them that started in one place. Oh, I'm getting ahead, ain't I? I better quit. But you're looking at that and they're going, how is that possible? How in the world could all that water not go? Man, where is it going? Oh, did I just hear the earth burp? Yes. <laughs> That's just Sammy Nelson talking. Yeah. So the earth just opened up and swallowed a lot of that water. And now you see land. Thousands upon thousands of miles of land. There are also mountains, and there are valleys, and there are plains, and you're looking at this, you're going, ain't God good? And one angel say, yes, he is. That's Sammy Nelson again now. So Earl, can you bring verse 10 to the top? Just choose one of these columns and bring verse 10 to the top. Either one of them. I mean, Michael, I'm sorry I called you Earl. Earl, you're not up there. I, I forgive me. <laughs> Jeremiah Jones, how you doing? Put 10 to the top. Click it one more time, son. One more time. Now, hold up. Come on. Click back down. Click this one. This one. Right here. Click it one time. All right. Now, click this box right here. One? The one with the little four blocks right here. Oh, okay. Click that. All right, see what that did? That put everything on the same sheet. Oh, okay. All right. And God called the dry land earth, and the gathering together the waters called seas. Uh, Mr. Bill. Yes, sir. Who in their little fast britches decide to call them oceans? Yeah, who just whistled that? You know, like the old spice doing what the seven seas. Don't worry about it. Uh, was it you, brother me? Did you go back there and call it oceans? I could have. I just don't remember. You're that old, aren't you? <laughs> Better quit. <laughs> you teach geography? So you you decide to call it oceans? I didn't call it oceans. I just read it out of a book. So doesn't ocean come from one of the languages? I haven't done the etymology on it. I probably should have, but I didn't. Uh, anyway, but God called them seas, and and God saw that it was what? Miss Fran, did, did God say it was good? God saw that it was good. Yeah, he did, and, and, and he labeled it as such. And Moses is writing this. Now, keep in mind, now, this is not written to thousands of years later. The man Moses is being led by the Spirit of God to write down the creation order. And if y'all think this is something, what we get to chapter 2, it's really going to blow your mind. And you're going to go, what's going on here? 
Well, we'll point out some good stuff for you. And Skylar need to hold his head up so I can know he's with me. Um, verse 11. And this column right here I'll be reading. Then God said, let the earth sprout vegetation. At this time, the land was what? Barren. Barren. Nothing on it. Okay, nothing on it. And Crystal is standing back and she's looking like, who's going to live out there? Because I ain't sleeping on that dirt. But God, God has something in store. He, he spoke, and what did Jesus do? When, when he spoke, what happened to the earth? It, All became, it came, it came flush with what? Grass and meadows and lawn, and it just was gorgeous, and seaweed, and all kinds of stuff. Not yet. Don't put the horse before the cart. Not your little feet. Okay. So, grass disappeared, shall we? And then, and then, uh, herbs came. Not herbs, but herbs. I mean, little like things that you can eat and taste and cook well, but they wouldn't know that then. And she would start cooking spaghetti thousands of years later and say, these grasses taste good. <laughs> and then, some of them had Brenda's name on it. Because we got brand cereal, brandies. Okay, the joke was bad. Let's go on. <laughs> but bring forth vegetation, plants yielding seed, and fruit trees on the earth. Bearing fruit after their kind was seed in them, and it was so. If you really want to know which came first, the chicken or the egg, what is it? They both came together. Yeah. That settled that problem, didn't it? The chicken came with the egg. So, little smart britches. Now, what's going on on the earth? What do we have? Folks, this is not yet paradise. And yet, the earth is gorgeous. Are you seeing this now? It got lakes, it got rivers, it have seas, it has fruit trees, vegetation. No human, no paradise. No animals. No wildlife yet. And so, right now is the world's most, it's the most beautiful garden you can have. Some of you sisters would love that, wouldn't you? And us guys too, like me and Brother Million, we like the garden. You too? And God is at work. Jesus Christ, the Son of God, who Paul will later identify that Jesus is the exact image of the invisible God, the firstborn over all creation. He will later say that nothing came into being without him that is, what, into existence. That he brought all things into existence. And that all things were created by him, for him, and placed under him. That means Jesus Christ is the author, the designer, the creator Everything that you want to say about how we came into existence except a stupid explosion. Mm. Monkeys. <laughs> he definitely did bring them first. <laughs> Not like that until, okay, Mr. Monkey, you're now going to be a human tomorrow. 
<laughs> Hello. And I definitely don't look like a silverback, and you better not comment on it. <laughs> All right? So, did you ever thought Genesis would be so much fun? It really is because God is allowing you to look from his lenses for a moment and see what he's doing. His hand, his signature has always been upon creation. Darwin, I wonder if Darwin got his butt whipped when he seen God. Because what he propagated, folks, he started a ball rolling, a ball of lies that people took for reality. And people still teaching those lies today. And then folks want to say a high form of intelligence. Don't discount God like that. God is not your academic book you can put on a shelf and say, oh, a higher order of intelligence did this, you know, and here it is right here. It's called evolution. Hmm. Don't do him like that. Don't ever do God like that. Because when you do God like that, you're doing Jesus like that. And don't you ever do the one who died for you like that. Because she was the one put it here in the first place. God is not one to mock. He's not one to mock. Not one to reckon with, is he? What's my favorite saying, Miss Linda? Your arms are too. Say it again, Brother Amelia. To do what? To box with God. So stay in your lane. All right, we'll quit getting excited. All right. Can you put verse 13 to the top and then reconcile it all? I got one more hour to teach. Man, time has really flown by. Yeah. Okay, now go over to the little boxes. Okay. Verse 14. I should have had you put 14. Everybody, except for the engineer. Raise your hand, Mr. Bill. Everybody look up here. He is an engineer. Okay? He understands the laws of physics, and I'm getting ready to blow his mind. I'm not a smart boy. Okay? I'm just a boy that's been revealed by God's spirit knowledge. And what he gives me, I give it to you. Thank you. Look at this one. Then God said, let there be lights in the expanse of the heavens to separate the day from the night and let them be for signs and for what? Uh-oh. Do you understand what God just did there? Everybody but Mr. Scientist. What did God just do? Lights in the expanse of Buddy, you got to look beyond the lights. What did God just do? Time. He just did what? Time. More than that. Come on, you got to look at this thing beyond this. What did God just give us? He just gave us the physical manifestations, the atoms and things that need for life to continue on earth. 
He gave us the life-giving energy that would feed everything on earth. The plants and all will not grow without photosynthesis. The season, winter, spring, fall. Well, oh, I missed one, didn't I? Summer. <laughs> yeah. Those things cannot happen without God putting them in this plan on this day so that those things can rotate, so that life can be recycled and regenerated on the earth. Other words, people, God not only just put the lights up there, he just put the laws of physics and the laws of life and the laws of seasons and the laws of growth, all that stuff in place. Scientists trying to figure this thing out today. And I'm going, the only way you can figure this out, Mr. Professor and Miss Professor, is that you must become God himself. Leave it alone. Because all you're going to do is mock it up. You can't explain something that God didn't tell you the details. <coughs> this is far greater than any physics classroom. Are you hearing me? Because Genesis chapter 8 tells you and I towards the end of that chapter, God says that see time harvest shall never end upon the earth. Otherwise, God said, I'm not changing my laws of physics. I'm not changing my laws of seasons that I put in place for the earth just to please you. God put them there perpetually. So he said that seed time harvest will not end upon the earth. All seasons will continue to come. Oh, the ice age is coming. Oh, excuse me? My God said, seed time harvest will not fail up on the earth. Who are we going to believe? You or God? Oh, excuse me, I'd rather believe God because we're here. We're the evidence that they do not fail. Are you the evidence or not? Yeah. Look at yourself, bitch yourself, because some of you are looking at me like, this man is crazy. Brother, you continue to be produced by humans. The human race is continuing to go on. You can still go to the lake and what? Fish. You can still plant a garden and get a harvest. And you can still go to, the can go to Canada and get cold. <laughs> In Africa and get warm. Seed time harvest is being what? Rotating throughout the what? The earth. And people are still planting and they're still gathering. So who's telling the truth? Man or God? God. This is huge, isn't it? You didn't know all that was in day four, did you? <laughs> all I saw was stars. Yeah, somebody must have went upside your head. <laughs> you saw stars in the wrong way, buddy. <laughs> you need to be looking to see what our creator did. Okay? Is this making any sense to you all? I mean, Crystal, I don't care what that science teacher in Santa Fe tell you. 
You open up your Bible and say, I got the truth, man. They may tell you, get out of my class. He said, you may tell me to get out your class, but I cannot get out the kingdom of God. And since I'm in the kingdom of God, you on my father's planet. And where are you going to go? I'll leave that alone. <laughs> Little Sammy humor. And so God said, let there be lights in the expanse of the heavens to separate the day from the night and let them be for signs and for seasons and for days and years. So you want to know how old the earth is? Count the stars. <coughs> if you're able yeah. and by the way did you know the movement of the stars are more precise than an atomic clock that they follow the patterns of the stars using Johann Kepler's model and, and, and NASA model they can actually go to the very second of a day 4,000 years ago and they can tell you what where those stars were and what was going on. And it blows your mind. Yeah. And they look at this universe and they say, it's still growing. I'm going, no kidding? Uh, let me see here now. Sound waves, how do they travel? They, they, they are wide, right? Am I right, Mr. Bill? They're not close like light waves? No, no, no. Their waves are wider. Am I right? And so if they're wide, and if you're God and you spoke, what's going to happen? They're going to do what? They're going to do what? Expand. And they're going to do what? Expand. Keep what? Expanding. The further out they go, they keep what? Boy! That's the word of God. And as it goes out, it does what? It creates. Mm -hmm. God didn't tell it to stop. And God said, let there. And it, his, his word took off. <laughs> it's just gone. So this universe, man, don't know how big it is. The Hubble telescope just seen some stuff that blew man's mind. They didn't think they found anything that was faster than the speed of light. But you know what? A few years back, they found out when a new galaxy is being born, the stars on the outer rim of that new galaxy, is, it spins. They go around, they're faster than the speed of light. And they spin off. And they form these little clusters of lights called quasars and all. And y'all go, whoa, did you see that? And God said, uh-huh, I put it there. And yet y'all think, <laughs> twinkle, twinkle, little star. <laughs> yes, sir. Uh, this the way you're talking about outer space and all that. The Hubba sent some pictures and it took 40 light years to get out there. Yes, sir. So it took 40 to come back. Mm -hmm. And what they saw and what they, the, the, the pictures that came back, it was awesome. And I was looking at this one picture. It looked like a big, long cloud. And in your mind, you think it's big, but it takes thousands of light years to get from one end to the other. And that's only a spot out there. Yeah. I've seen a special on everybody, and we're on this because this is the day we're in day four. Um, scientists looked at this little cluster about one inch by one inch, Mr. Bill, and they're seeing this, this void. They're going, hmm, what's there? So they zoomed in on it. And the more they zoomed, they realized, whoa. And as they zoomed, they found out, 
This is galaxies upon galaxies upon galaxies upon galaxies. We better stop because we don't have a lens big enough to see it all. And I was just in that little place. And it blew everybody's minds. And so, here, they found a star that's a trillion times larger than our sun. And the sun is what, a thousand times larger than the earth? Can you imagine? You can't, as you young people like to say, you can't wrap your mind around that. That a star being a trillion times larger than the sun. And yet it's a speck in the sky. And God says, I know all of them by name. I call them all out by name. They said, not a one of them is lost. Not a one of them is out of place. Now that's what God said through the prophet Isaiah. Okay? As we get ready to narrow it on down here, as we get ready to close out for today, look at this. So God did what? God made two great lights, the greater light to govern the day and the lesser light to govern the night, and he made stars also. God placed them in the expanse of the heavens to give light on the earth and to govern the day and the night and to separate the light from the darkness, and God saw that it was what? Good. There was evening and there was morning, and that was the fourth day. I want to ask you, how much older than man is the sun? How much older is this? Did I say that right? Three days. That came out backwards, didn't it? Okay, Chrissy, how should I ask that question? How much older is the sun than man? Four years old. Hmm? Three days. Four years old. Answer. You know. There's only two days between the two. The sun was created on day four. The earth, I mean, man was created on what, folks? Day six. Okay. So he ain't kind of like, brother, he did take rest. Okay. All right. Let's, let's, let's finish up a little bit here. So, uh, put verse 20 up to the top, please. Is everybody satisfied with what God is teaching you? It better be as his word. Revelation, when God reveals something to you, it can literally change your life. God gives you this so that you can draw closer to him. So that you can know who Jesus is more than just the Savior that was hanging on the cross. He was the one started it all. Okay? And how would you like to have been Moses when God said, son, write down everything I'm showing you. And he began to write this stuff down. I can only imagine as he's writing, it is very real to him. And he's getting the shock of his life. He's getting the education of his life as God began to show forth his glory in each day of creation. God's signature is right there. Right there. 
That's why man can't figure it out. He's not God. He's not Jesus. And Paul wrote very clearly in 1 Corinthians chapter 2, in verse 10. There's no way for you to know these things unless God's spirit, the same one that was hovering over the earth, revealed them to you. 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 10. Because it says he knows the deep things of God. He knows the secret things or the hidden things of God. God's spirit does. I mean, after all, he was right there. I mean, one of the same. I mean, why wouldn't he know? So if you want to know something, as Jesus says, he's the one who will do what? Teach us. Teach us what? All things. So if you want to know something, say, Holy Spirit, you know, I went back there and I asked the Holy Spirit, I said, uh, will you help me teach them? Would you help me teach them the very best that I can as you're showing me? That's what you're getting today. He honors what honors God. Okay? NIV says, and, and God said, and let the waters teem with what? Living creatures and let birds fly above the earth across the expanse of the sky. So God created what? The great creatures of the sea and every living and moving thing with which the waters teem. According to a kind and every winged bird according to its kind. And God saw that it was good. Now when I read in the complete Jewish Bible it tells us that <clears throat> God created all these things from the earth. They came from the earth, from dust, like you and I. He just didn't speak and they appeared. He took that from the earth. And he made it. You know that bald eagle that we like to stand in awe and go, Ooh, ah, look at that. He came from dirt. It's just like us. Yeah. So what's the difference between them and us? Nothing. Yes, baby. Well, we're, we're well, created well, in well, the image of God, yeah, not but, that bird. Yeah, but... <laughs> Well, well, in Psalms 104, it says that nothing can exist. Nothing can live without the spirit of God. So, yes, God's spirit does give life to those things, but not like to you and me. I know that's what you're saying. I like picking on you. Next time you come to church more often, you won't get picked on so much. You'll be qualified. Yeah. All right. So, God created the sea monsters, yes? What's one of the most famous sea monsters in the Bible? Jeremiah Jones. What is it? Y'all was going to say that because you need to come to my classroom more. This one is Father that was. What's the Okay. You need to come more often. And you find out in Psalms 104, he's called what, Miss Linda? Starts with an L. Say it again, sister. Leviathan. Leviathan? Leviathan. L-E-V-I-T-H-A-N. Leviathan. The Bible tells us that no man is able to tame him. You can't even spear him for nothing will penetrate him. Psalms 104. And I think even Isaiah may talk about Leviathan too. 
not. What about the guy with the dreads that had a shackles and breaking the wall and stuff like that? Something like that. Um, that was a. Who you talking about, brother? Oh no, it's. Are you talking about Samson? Yeah. Oh, he's a rookie. He couldn't handle LeVar fans. But interesting, everybody, what we're seeing is evidence how great our God is. And God don't need your approval, doesn't need our permission to know that he's great. He's great all by him. Self, His glory being revealed in creation signify how great our God is. And his name is Jesus. Jesus. He's awesome. We're about to close out because y'all got kids got to go to school tomorrow. But I want to spill on down this uh, kind of rapidly, not too fast. And so he have all those sea monsters out there and all kinds of good stuff and God says to them in verse 22 uh, God blessed them and said be fruitful and increase or multiply in number and fill the water in the seas and let the what the birds increase on the earth when God ha uh, uh, spoke that in a matter of minutes there were billions of species of its own kind up on the earth and in the waters it didn't take nine weeks of gasation or nine months. I guess they said a rabbit in 33 days. That's pretty doggone fast. But anyway, whatever period that the gasation takes place, that's called pregnancy, just in case some of you younger people don't know. Um, it happened pretty rapidly there. Pretty doggone fast. Now, the earth is populated. It's not naked anymore. It got clothes on. Amen? It's called grass and trees and all kinds of good stuff. And the oceans are not empty. And the skies are not void. It got beautiful creatures flying through it. And, okay? And then, verse 23, he tells us there was evening and there was the fifth day. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, I need to, to caution you that now what God has done, God has done something so amazing, okay? Everything else is done. The beautiful universe is in place. All the laws are working. The earth is filled with beautiful, exotic animals. There's all kind of uh, fruitful plants here and trees and it's just an absolute wonderful place to be, but yet there was something still missing. Why'd y'all had to talk? You don't, you don't give away the punchline before the punch. <laughs> I'm messing with you. I'm just picking on you. All right. Verse 24, God said, let the earth bring forth living creatures after their kind, cow and creeping things and beasts of the earth after their kind. And, and it was so. So now you have your dairy animals and you have your uh, all kinds of livestock, okay, on the earth. All kind of good stuff here, all right? 
And in verse 25, God made the beasts of the earth after their kind and the cattle and after their kind and everything that creeps on the ground and after its kind. And God saw that it was what? Good. The greatest ranch there is, God just created it. The greatest farm there is, God just created it. Right? And there it is. Ladies and gentlemen, the most beautiful Sahara and Savannah, whatever you want to see, is there. It's done by God. All right? Now, up to this point, God for six days, uh, five days, shall I say it, God just kept saying, let there be, let there be, let there be, let there be, let there what? And it was? Okay. Now, however, something amazing, something terrific happened on this next day. Oh, boy, 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 boy. You just only looking at the little small part. You keep saying, man, don't be selfish. What did God do at the beginning of this day? Verse 26 tell us, Haley, do you know what that was? Because God made sure you didn't look like a monkey. God made sure that you did not change form Okay, that you didn't creep up out of the ocean as this one little micro dot thing called one cell amoeba, right? And then change into a, a tadpole and change into a frog and change into this and that until they reach you. Right. Uh-uh. Our maker said, okay, I want to have a meeting. That's what 20, verse 26 says. God says, let us... And I like the King James Version on this. Who's us? The us is God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. And they had a divine council meeting in heaven about how they were going to fashion you and me, how they was going to make us. We were not to be like the rest of creation. So when people want to give equal rights to animals that they have with humans, they have lost their minds. God never put those things on the same level as you and I. He made us superior because he made us like himself. In his image. In his likeness. Okay? That's what this meeting was all about. Other than that, God could have just simply said, let there be what? Humans. Yeah. <laughs> that monkey paw still ain't popped up there. Okay. So, Haley, uh, did I say the name right? How old are you? 16. Did you know God talked about you? You didn't? Chrissy, did you know God talked about you? But what about you, doll? Did you know God talked about you? You didn't. I did. Uh, did you know God talked about you, Mr. Bill? Uh, you just know now, right? <laughs> what about you, Crystal? Did you know God talked about you? Excuse me. Maurice Nelson standing back there, a shadow. What do you say? You know everything. Oh, uh, this is not knowing everything. This is everything. Amen. Then God said, across the spectrum, it tells us that, let 
us, make man in our image. What's the image? What's the image? Like, uh, to whatever he wanted. Um, no, I, that's not what I said. I asked the question, what is an image? An image is just like a reflection of what you look like. That's not what I said. I said, what is an image? A picture. A mirror. A picture, a copy. A copy. Yes, sir. Image. I do. You were raising your hand. Likeness. Likeness. Okay, you jumped in a new category. I'm going to slow y'all down today. You got two hours. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I got a lady back there about to go to sleep because she's been up all day. And what? Oh, my goodness. I done way past 730. I didn't know that. All right. Let me finish this real quick. An image is a copy of something. An image. In Greek, it's icon. The word icon in Greek. That's a Greek word. And it means image. You look at something. Oh, that's an image of me. But is it me? No, it's not me. It's an image. It's a copy of me. Okay? But God said, well, let's make that copy like us. Let's make that copy like us. Okay? Did he do that with the with the with the with the bull? The alligator? No. The giraffe? No. The silverback? No. You better get out of here. Close, not. <laughs> he said, "Let us make Adam with the H on the end. A D A M H. Not A D A M. The separate. We'll talk about that later." Let's make a person like us, but they won't be us. That's the distinguishment, folks. The copy can never be the original. original. Okay? God said, I made you good, but you're not that good. And that'll come out later. In Genesis chapter 3, won't it? Do we have to come back for that? Oh, you got to come back. Because <laughs> next week we'll be in chapter 2, and next week it's going to blow your mind. Because if this chapter fascinated you, chapter 2 is more detailed. And you're really going to see some good stuff. All of it is good because it's from God. And so, but God said that, let us make man in our image and in our likeness, okay? And then it says, what? Let's make man in our likeness, and then it says, after our what? Come on. According to our likeness, and let them be rule. Let them rule over the fish of the sea, and over the birds of the sky, and over the cattle, and over the, all the earth, and over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. It's a lot of over and over and over. Well, what is he saying there, Miss Vicky? What God said to you? What was God saying to each other in heaven about you and me? What was God saying? We don't have a dominion over them because we are higher than them. Not because you're higher than them. 
is because God said you to have it. He said, I'm making you the Lord's over this earth. You are in charge of the earth. You, humans, you're in charge of it. And then he said, God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him. I, I want to stop there. Male and female, he created them. I want to say this to you, okay? You got to get this part. Is God queer? No. Now, I just wanted to bring it out. I'm sorry. It came out bad, but you need to know the truth. God is not gay. God is not a lesbian, and God is not a homosexual. God is not a drunk. God is not a thief. He's not a murderer. God is none of this trash. God is holy, and that's what he made us. Yes, holy. Yes, sir. That's why it's in the Bible will be holy because I'm You bet you Leviticus chapter 11. Go back and read it. And there's no confusion over male or female. There is no confusion. He made it very distinguishable. And he said, I made you in my image and my likeness. So you want to know what life is supposed to be like? Look at God and to make it even fundamentally to understand look at Jesus I'm so sick of people pushing this garbage down our throats and we the church don't stand up and say anything and we got a man in the White House saying that they're not going, the IRS will not take our tax exempt because we stand up for what we believe in in the Bible. He says, not going to happen. So I'm here to tell you folks, our God is holy. He made us just like he is. And he did not make himself a sinner. You got that? He said, preacher, what did that have to do with creation? <laughs> Are you kidding me? Everything. You're in the image of God. And stop lying about God made me this way. All right. So God blessed them and said to them, be fruitful and increase in number, fill the earth and subdue it, rule over the fish of the sea and the birds of the air and over every living thing, right? A creature that moves on the ground. And God said, I give you every seed bearing plant on the face of the whole earth and every tree that has fruit will seed in it. They will be yours for food. And to all the beasts of the earth and all the birds of the air and all the creatures that move on the ground, everything that has the breath of life in it. And that's what you were talking about, Dick, the good God's spirit breathed into them. Yes, God's spirit breathed the breath of life in all living things. Okay? God's spirit breathed into the giraffe, into that deer you like to kill and eat, that bear, that tiger, that kitten. Okay? That dry land tortoise, that little goldfish you like to have as a pet, God breathed life into all of it. Okay? He did. 
We're about finished, everybody. I just wanted to finish chapter one with you today. And it said, you know, in verse 30, into every beast of the earth, into every kind, uh, bird of the sky, into every living thing that moves on the earth, which has life for the breath of life, I have given every green plant for food, and it was so. God saw all that he had made, and behold, it was what? Very good. There's a difference now when God saying it was good, God now put an adjective in front of it with quality and said, it is what? Very good. So next time somebody call you ugly, say, take it up with God. All right? Because he was the one who created you. You know, like how I look? Take it up with my Father in heaven. Amen? All right, we'll get ready to close in prayer. And the evening... And the morning was the sixth day. Hit the light crystal on the pole. Other pole. All right, that was a mouthful. We can actually go on and on and on in this chapter. But to God be the glory. Write down your questions because next week, the Lord's willing, we're going to go into chapter 2. And chapter 2 is going to give you the same account, but with a whole lot more information. And some people like to say that there was two creations accounts. No, it's not. Okay? The same man writing the same order of creation that God gave him. All right? And we just get the blessing that God filled in some more gaps for us. Amen? Amen. And so, any questions before we go to the Lord in prayer? Holy Spirit, good, isn't it? I told y'all y'all was in for a treat tonight from God. Amen. All right. One more question. So, <laughs> One more question up front. It's his fault now that y'all get to go home late. Say that um Moses was there. Uh, he said writing it on everything down in the Bible, right? Yes, uh, at least the first five books of the Bible. Uh, okay. So the Moses is writing this as God is giving it to him. <laughs> no, 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 no. Uh, now there, there are other orders out there. There's a Babylonian order of creation. And then there's the, uh, you remember the guy Hammurabi? Anybody know the code of Hammurabi? You know, supposed to live long before Moses. So there's their account, or the Akkadians' account of creation. And so, in a sense, they all kind of similar in some ways, but they throw all this other false adultery stuff in there <laughs> where Moses said, oh, this is the one true God. He did this. Amen. Every head bow. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Father, thank you so much for your living word. It is life to our bones and health to our bodies. Jesus, you are the word of life that God gave us. You created it all and we exist simply because of you. And Lord, you came down and you saved us by dying on that tree called the cross. And on the third day, Father, you did not leave your blessed one in the grave, but you rose him from the dead by the power of your Holy Spirit. And it's by the Holy Spirit we testify that Jesus Christ is Lord and that he is your son and he is our Savior. Thank you for forgiveness of our sins. But, Lord, we don't stop there. We're thanking you that he's coming back again to receive us unto himself. So where you are, there we shall be also. Thank you now, Lord, and watch over us until we meet again. Prepare our hearts and minds to receive your word next week. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 Jesus is Lord.